This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. Damon, you've had tornadoes down your end. Fucking unbelievable. I, I really am beginning to, to question my existence on this planet. Uh, yeah, we got we got whacked a little bit. Tropical storm. No, officially, it was a tropical storm, but it was uh, apparently just like four miles per hour wind gusts that were the difference. But yeah, tornadoes, hurricanes... everything this year. You name it. We've got COVID-19. What a a fucking time to be alive. Yep. So, yeah, it was crazy. Did you see this Beirut explosion thing? Yeah. Today as well. It's just like one thing after another, isn't it? That that was crazy. You see that blast? Did you see like the actual? Oh, my God. It's the kind of thing, if I saw it in like, a movie or a TV show, I'd be like, bullshit, that would right. never happen. Right. What was it? It was a plant, like, of fertilizer, was it? Um, did I read that I've right? Seen, I've seen conflicting reports. Oh. So I saw something about ammonium nitrate. Mm. I saw animal nitrate. Get it? Suede? No? Come on, everybody. Um, I saw that fucking thing go, and I was, yeah, it looked like... Uh, like what you would see in a movie, the, the way that the uh, the force of the explosion went. It's fucked up. I mean, listen, bad shit happens every year. I hate when people like blame a year. It had nothing to do with the fucking year. But, boy, I really think it does this year. <laughs> this, is, this is, without a doubt, the worst year. Come on, right? On, on an objective basis. Right. <laughs> There's never been a, a year where we're, we're only halfway through it and just so much shit has been piling up. Oh, 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 Joel, we still have an election to go <laughs> here in the States. Or do you? From oh, what I understand, that might, might not be happening. <laughs> uh, well, you know, if somebody has their way. Um, postal votes, Damon, you know, they could be open for tampering and interfering. So just <laughs> best not to have one. Just have no election. I got news for you. Have you ever seen any one of these uh, election machines that you actually do the voting in, in the United States? These things are like from the 1920s. Yeah, like it's it's there's a there's a curtain there's a it's like a little hole punch that the thing makes. It is. Oh, go be careful of them hanging chads, Damon. <laughs> hanging chad. I got a hanging chad for you. Uh, wow. It. Yeah. Yeah. We we got a. Uh, I can't wait for November. That should be such a great and peaceful time in our country's history. Oh my lord. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. But here's the good news, Joel. If there is if you're looking for a shining light in all of this craziness, and as we like to say here in the Super J cast, trying times, troubling times. Toronto Maple Leafs won yesterday. And Arsenal bringing home the gold, uh, well, the gold, the silverware, the FA Cup. How about that FA Cup final? You watched that as well, didn't you, Damon? I did. It was exciting. It was an exciting household, uh, for sure, last weekend. Uh, so when, you know, during this whole quarantine stuff and everything, and, uh, you know, 
Cheryl tried to experiment a little bit with uh, her <laughs> sexuality. No, with her cooking. Um, she would make a bunch of shit. So we would joke around. She was just opening her own restaurant. And the name of the restaurant was, of course, Tits and Chops. Um, Tits and Chops was open on the weekend. It was fabulous. Uh, and it was just countless hours of nonstop sports. Like it, like it was like putting a uh, a power washer in your mouth with the the flow of sports. So yeah, we watched all. As Joel would like to say, we watched all, all the, the sports, <laughs> all the hockey, all the football. Yep. Tell me about the Maple Leafs first, then. As as someone who knows nothing about hockey, mm-hmm. get me on the ground floor. Do the like explain like I'm five version. Here are the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs are one of the most uh, prized and and historic teams in all of the National Hockey League, based, of course, out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, yet with all this prestige and all this, uh, and, and, and dare I say, in the center of the hockey universe, Toronto, um, they haven't won dick all since the 60s. That's right, the 60s. Um, they, there are many times where we haven't even come close. So every time they get into the playoffs, it's it's in a uh, the, you know everybody's all just doing cartwheels that they're in, let alone. But in recent years, Joel, we have uh, made. So can can, I, can we just wind back pause? a bit? Yeah. Explain what are the playoffs? Because I know nothing about hockey. Okay, I just want to know. Yeah, what's yours, at stake yeah, yours a little different, right? Uh, so you have your regular season where you play eighty games, right? Um, and you're basically playing to for seeding in. Uh, a the playoffs, which you know, it's almost like a second season, right? Where you're playing teams best of seven. So during the regular, okay. So season, finishing finishing first place in the league before the playoffs doesn't entitle you to any trophy in and of itself. Well, it does. I mean, it's it's a kind of a meaningless trophy. It's called the President's Trophy. Uh, but yeah, it, what it does is it allows you to play the worst team making the playoffs. So it makes it your ride okay. to the How Stanley How many teams Cup. in the league? Uh, 30, I think it's 32 now with Seattle. Um, right, and how many made the playoffs? I think I want to say 16. Okay. So... Uh, the best team would p- theoretically play the worst team in each conference. So there's two conferences, and then the winners of the conferences play each other in the Stanley Cup final. All right. So where in what what rank what league position were the Maple Leafs? They were middle of the road this year. They were kind of you know fifth sixth seed so to speak. Um, now because of the when they shut down in March, uh, hockey season regular season usually ends in April. Okay, and then the playoffs begin, and then you're usually deciding a cup winner by uh, June. We'll say the latest is like the first week of June. Um, so they had to shut down the season. So what they're doing right now is is they invited a little bit more teams into this. They're calling a qualifying round, where uh, it's a best of five, right? And these teams play the top four teams that are playing like a little round robin thing for seeding to get into the actual playoff playoffs. Does that make any sense? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and, they're doing, so and they're doing that for seedings, right? So the top four teams are playing each other to decide who's going to be one, two, three, and four. 
And then the other teams are playing a best of five series right now to determine who's going to be five, six, seven, and eight. Right? And then the real playoffs begin, best of seven. The, the stressful part about this is, Joe, this is a best of five. So if you go down two games, you're fucked. You're, you are fucked. Right? And I didn't even wake up. Uh, I don't even know. There was, there was a, a, a knockout game last night. And I fell asleep. I could not fucking stay awake. Um, Rangers, Carolina. And Carolina was up 2 nothing going into game three. So I'm going to ask you. I have not looked. Can you do me a favor and just give me a score of last night's Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers, tilt, and the winner... If Carolina won, they swept the series. So I'm Googling this now. So Carolina Hurricanes versus, what was the other team? New York Rangers. New York Rangers. And what are the implications for this for, yeah, the for Rangers, your team? Yep. If, if Carolina won, they have swept the qualifying series. They are in, and the New York Rangers are out of the bubble, out of the bubble, uh-huh. and they go home. And what's the significance of this for the Maple Leafs? Well, um, I mean, is there a particular result you're hoping for? Um, I mean, if if we if we won, like if, if not really, I, I just I just don't like the Rangers. To be quite honest, with you. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a territorial thing. I just want to see them out. Okay, so it says here the score is New York Rangers one, mm-hmm. Carolina Hurricanes four. That that's it. That's it. Rangers are out. They're out of the bubble. That's the case. Uh, let me look. Let me just double check. I don't trust you. <laughs> All right. oh. I'm probably reading it wrong. <laughs> I know. Really. No, 4-1. 4-1. Yeah. That's it. That should be it. Goodbye, Rangers. So, so what's significant of this is, again, they have these, they call them bubbles, Joel. We're going to talk hockey all day long, by the way. Can we do that? That would be so enjoyable. Um Toronto is a, is a bubble, a hub city, if you will, and Edmonton, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, um, where all these teams are playing these games in just two arenas. So they'll have a game at noon, two, four, seven, ten. There's like five games a day, every day, Joel, to, to do this tournament. Um, are they all televised? All televised. So you're not leaving your sofa, basically. I have, I have, I have watched so much hockey. A twenty, you're almost, getting bed sores at this point. <laughs> I swear it is, I like it's feast or famine. Yeah, but I've watched, I've watched at least a piece of every single game. The late games are tough because my eyes, you know, you know me, I'm I'm halfway falling asleep at nine thirty. Um, yes, I'm 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 watching every game. I have t- I have two I have two TVs set up in my living room. Um, alone, and then I have my office where I have multiple TVs if I'm in here. So yes, anywho, that's the Toronto Maple Leaf story. They're playing the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, they won yesterday. They tied the series at one, so it gave me some gave me made me feel better because we lost the opening game and it was pretty frustrating. Um, but also I watched the FA Cup, which I don't watch a huge amount of the uh, soccer, but. Uh, I even texted you. I was like, this is, this is an important thing, right? And you're like, yeah, fucking dude. You, yes. So I watched that, and that was good. Um, in closing, sports are great. Thank you very much. I was hoping to get more insight from you on the FA Cup because you don't watch too oh. much 
football or soccer as you would call it. What were your thoughts watching that game? I thought it was quite an exciting game. Yeah, yeah. As far as that goes, because um, sometimes they can be a little bit of a de- defensive struggle, and it's like, oh, it's nil nil, and it's like, okay, come on. Uh, but then that would that type of game that would go into a penalty kick, right? They, they would go into kicks at that point, right? Uh, if the scores are tied after 90 minutes, you would get half an hour of extra time. And then if it's still level, then penalties. Gotcha. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Um, I think they... they a sp- special goal from Aubameyang, the winning goal, where he just absolutely left Kurt Zuma for dead with that little shimmy, yeah, little yeah. dink over the keeper with his weaker foot. That was worthy of winning an FA Cup. Yeah. What do you think of the penalty? You think that was that was a uh, you know on, on your first goal? Uh, yeah, I thought it was right. correct decision. Okay, right. I thought the the sending off like the incident that led to Kovacic's second yellow card was yeah. harsh. I wouldn't yeah. have given that personally, but didn't the coach get a, a yellow card too? Uh, I don't know. He might have done. I, I, I missed I that. That seemed weird. I thought that, that was weird. Giving you my my hot insight on <laughs> soccer. I don't know much about it. Um, but it was – I think – I will say this. I think the entire sport um, – first of all, it was the Bundesliga that kind of set things off, right, when it came to, to sports in some way coming back. Um and I think soccer as a whole has done a really good job of getting things rolling when it comes – they're, they're kind of like the guinea pigs in all this between the Bundesliga, the MLS. MLS was the first league to come back here in the States. And while it's not like super top flight soccer, it's still good soccer. And at that point, I I would have watched fucking 12-year-olds play, play outside. Um, it was good. I, I listen. I'm just very. It's just it, t- t- you know me, and it and it means a lot to have that stuff back in my life. Now, will I ever cover a sporting event again in my life? That I don't fucking know. I do not know. Although I will say this: um, the dude that I do the sports with texted me, and he was uh, actually doing Phillies game baseball at the at the at the at the stadium covering, um, which gave me a glimmer of hope, even though it got shut down instantly with fucking COVID-19. <laughs> Did you hear about that, the Florida Marlins? Oh, I didn't, know. <laughs> Joe, the entire baseball is... Again, I don't know how you can do run a sports league. And here's the thing. I don't know how New Japan can do it unless they're containing themselves in a bubble. Uh, and again, COVID is a, a totally different situation in Japan than it is in here. Even though I did see Tanahashi. You, did you see Tanahashi news? No. What's he done now? Uh, well, I mean, the news according to uh, NJPW, 1972, free plug, uh, there is a statement that was released by New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I'll read it as it follows. On August 1st, Hiroshi Tanahashi made a television appearance with another cast member who has since tested positive for COVID-19. Adequate countermeasures Uh-oh. were put. Yep. Well, here we go. Adequate countermeasures were put in place during production of the program, and Tanahashi did not come into close contact with the infected party. As a precaution, Tanahashi has since undertaken antigen 
antibody and PCR testing with all tests returning negative. Tanahashi is in good health, will be able to compete on this week's summer struggle events in Cork and Hall. Hmm. I hope they're going to continue to test because, as we all know, with this virus, uh, you can be asymptomatic. Um, I would like to see maybe a test right before these events just to make sure everybody is safe. We don't, we don't want the spread of COVID-19 in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring. But, um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that hot take? Uh, Tanahashi, no selling the COVID. I mean, he, he only puts over the very best, doesn't he? So <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that he, you know, he, this is a guy who no sold getting stabbed by a girlfriend and <laughs> drove Good himself point. to the hospital. So I'm not surprised that he's unaffected by COVID-19. Yep. Yeah. I don't, yeah. He's probably got the uh, strongest immune system of, uh, any, any, uh, young man I know. Uh, All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that breaking situation. So, again, just to be clear, he does not have COVID-19, but um, he was with a person who did test. So, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling doing these safety precautions, and that's good. Excellent job by them. Um, Anyway, basically what happened, Joel, was um, Phillies baseball played uh, Team Florida Marlins. Half the team fucking infected. <laughs> they, had, they had to cancel games, and then there's another team, St. Louis Cardinals. Basically, the same thing. Um, there are rumors, and again, nothing confirmed, that um, the Florida Marlins were in Atlanta, and um, they went to a strip club. <laughs> that's that's where some of the players got COVID nineteen. <laughs> Funny you should say that. That seems to be like the kind of environment where it's spreading a lot in Japan as well, and the numbers are. Going, getting worryingly high there, and apparently it's all nightlife stuff where people are not taking the usual precautions. So you know, going into bars and clubs and places like that, and you know, red light districts. So doesn't yeah. surprise me that's a hotbed of viral activity. Yeah, I'm sure COVID nineteen is probably one of the least concerns if you're worried about the disease. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm trying to imagine a, a strip club that has uh, social distancing measures in place like doesn't, i don't doesn't know quite you'd work. have like the dancers behind a plastic screen or you know people wearing rubber gloves i, I can't see it personally well here's a funny story not a funny story but a, but, a, but at least a tag off of that situation uh in my area there's a there's a club um it's a I, i'm not i'm not gonna name the name but it's it's i mean i don't know if i could walk to it but it's around me um I drive by it. Uh, they're open. They have outdoor seating. <laughs> and I, I I always say to Cheryl, I was like, we got to go in this place because I just want to see what it is. Like, how are they doing this? Like, what is – how is a, a strip club doing out – I mean, they have food, but who eats at a fucking strip club? Well, apparently these people do. The chicken wings in Atlanta at the strip club are apparently to die for. <laughs> that That's the excuse that they're using. Um, the, like, they're not known for their food. Let's put it that way. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's ordering takeout from this place. Uh, they're open. They have like a back deck. There's a big fence. 
But like, are you really that much of a fucking degenerate that you would go? You'd have to get a lap dance in in ninety degree weather. It's been brutally hot, by the way, the past couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> like, you really? And it, I don't know. The world is fucked. The world is totally fucked. <laughs> I can't believe it. And on that bombshell. Um, Mark Rocco, rollable Mark Rocco, has sadly passed away this week at the age of 69. Do you have any memories of him, the original Black Tiger? Yeah. I mean, he was an 80s staple. Um, The original Tiger Mask. Um, You can go online and see. And even on New Japan World, you could see plenty of of his matches. Yeah. that's probably my my the, the biggest one. Um, I I also remember, it's like he always had that uh, fucking uh, maniac. Oh, it's right on the site. I actually went went to the site. He had this this uh, almost like Shinya Hashimoto uh, head wrap, and he would have maniac on it when he you know obviously when he wasn't Black Tiger. Um, I think, uh, yep, there we go. I'm, I'm uh, literally confirming myself as I go through uh, the page uh, versus Liger. I remember those matches as well. Uh, I mean, he was really good. I, I would give him, I would give, for the time too, uh, really good. Um, here's the thing. I don't really even think that there were a lot of guys that could physically keep up with that New Japan junior heavyweight style of the 80s and 90s really well um especially guys overseas i mean you had your dynamite kids you had your davy boy smiths before he blew up um and i don't mean popularity if you know what i mean um so it was kind of i i would feel it would be very difficult for them to find guys to feud with a lot of the junior heavyweights so Having guys like Owen Hart available, and um, even in later years, you know Eddie Guerrero and Benoit and Jericho. But you know, for a guy in the early eighties, I mean, I don't even does he go back as far as the sixties, maybe or the seventies, maybe. But in the early eighties, to have a guy to be able to keep up with that style. It's pretty amazing if you think about it. Like, how do you, how do you, you can't just possibly just show up in Japan and be like, okay, I'm going to work this guy and make it, you know, work. A guy like Sayama. Like, you get in a ring with him and you'd be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And this is before videotapes and, you know, and and having access to a lot of the, you know, like, how do you get in a ring and, and, and work a great match with a guy that it, that has a style that is so unlike, Anyone else's style? It's pretty amazing. So yeah, I mean that that I mean that those are the, the memories that I have of him. Obviously, Black Tiger being the first. But yeah, also again, just b- being so influential in in helping further the 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 idea of a junior heavyweight division. Um, and I think he sh- I, and, and again, I'm not saying that that I would put him in the upper echelon of great workers. But if you think about the time, I mean, if it, 
if he didn't at least help in that cause, would we be where we are right now when it comes to a lot of junior heavyweights? And I would put him in the same bucket of influential junior heavyweights that went to Japan, like again, like an Owen Hart or a Chris Benoit or a Dynamite Kid or um, Davy Boy Smith. I, th- I think he's that important in in growing junior heavyweights in New Japan, and I think you know now that like you, you kind of talk it out loud. I don't think he gets to do that that he's deserved when it comes to that. So a good time then to go on New Japan World and check out the matches they've got from him. Uh, I retweeted one that Manabu tweeted out, which was uh, a match for the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship, I believe from 1982, against Tiger Mask. So definitely check that one out. Uh, sticking with the wrestling then we have a show to discuss that was last Friday July 31st from Korakuen Hall part of the Summer Struggle Tour not going to go match by match because a lot of it is similar to what we've already seen Uh, just things that stood out for me we had Gabriel Kidds who again making a name for himself and standing out from the crowds he had some really interesting encounters with Tomohiro Ishii there he's definitely relishing the chance to be going up against the the big boys of New Japan, so that was a lot of fun to watch. I actually really enjoyed the GBH against Sanada Shingo match up until the finish where Sanada tried to do the Shiranui slice bread thing and Honma, I don't know where it went wrong, but there was a slipping involved and it just looked really ugly, but up until that, it was pretty good. And then in the third match, we've got some uh, discontent amidst the Golden Aces. We saw in the uh, backstage interview Ibushi walking away from Tanahashi you know prior to that he told him you need to improve Tana and he's still upset and disappointed with him so we're curious to see where that leads uh just little moments as well there was a bit where Tanahashi went for his crossbody off the top and Taiji just sort of stepped aside with a big shitting smile on his face I thought that was great uh beating Tanahashi up just tossing him into the corner to Ibushi and then Tanahashi didn't want to tag out like that and you know, his pride was stung and he's trying to fight back. And then uh, Yuya Uemura having to help Tanahashi tag out. So uh, really interesting little story that they're telling there. On, you know, it's a throwaway show. But again, you get these little breadcrumbs, these little story beats that are rewards for uh, lunatics like me who like to watch all this stuff. And also, it's good to see Master Watto growing in confidence. You know, just little touches like him working the crowd more and being a bit more vocal, showing a bit more fire in his action. Um talking back to the referee, building his feud with Kanemaru. And I thought it was interesting, Desperado picking up the win here from this uh, 10-man tag. And I actually quite enjoyed the Toriano run-in at the end of the Okada Show Ghetto Yujiro match. It made sense for, for what the story was. And again, that was uh, laying the groundwork for the upcoming Never Six-Man tournament, which we're going to talk about and preview later. And the main event, we had a rematch between Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata, with Suzuki winning after 20 minutes, 36 seconds with a gotch-style pile driver. What did you think of this match, Damon? Did it stand up for, to the uh, New Japan Cup match they had? I thought um, I thought the New Japan Cup match was better. Um, and that's not that's not throwing any shade on them um, for this match. I thought it was... I, you know, Again, I say it a lot, but it, it always impresses me that they're... You know, older gentlemen in their fifties, and to ask them to go fifteen, twenty minutes in a main event, I think is is pretty amazing. Um, 
I think they, that, that these matches should be graded on some type of scale if, if, in fact, we are grading matches. I thought it was good. Um, there's not... I, I, I don't know what other role someone can have for, for Yuji Nagata at this point. I, th- I mean, do you, do you feel that th- this was kind of almost a... I don't want to say a swan song, but to me it felt like when he ate that pin, it was almost like, okay, that's the end of, of Yuji Nagata's singles competitor. To me. Like it just felt like it was that was like the 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 final stamp of his of and of, of, of anything that you could really do at this point for for a singles run for Yuji Nagata. Was am I off base in that? No, I agree. I hadn't actually considered it, but uh, yeah, it could well be. I actually thought that him losing the New Japan Cup match to Okada and getting eliminated might have been it. But if this is going to be the last or one of the, the, the last high-profile singles matches we see from Nagata, I think it would be a very fitting way to go out. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying that that I necessarily would w- would want it. And I'll go so far as to say... If he got the, the tap on the shoulder, he could go again. That's that's not what we're saying here. We're not saying he's washed up and he should f- be fucking, you know, left out in the field. What I'm saying is, is that okay? Well, now, now, what possibly would would be the the like where would he go from here at this point? And, and I think yeah, it's just, I, I, unlikely to be seeing any more Nagata singles main events. Right, right. Or, you know, right. Um, that that was the the one that I that I felt right after he ate that pin. So uh, I think he's got a he's got a lifetime of uh, Master Watto tag matches. <laughs> Actually, I mean, having said that, his next match coming up uh, on Thursday, August the sixth, is the opening match and a singles match against Gabriel Kidd. So that will be a really interesting one to see. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, right? I mean, that I mean, he still has has his dad roles to perform, his dad duties to perform. Um, you'll see. I think you'll see a ton of that. But yeah, I'm talking about even like you know singles match mid card, upper mid card, and you know I don't I, I think those again I, I you could easily put him in that spot, but I just feel like that this was kind of like the 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 we we we've done that already. The the check has been checked in the box. Uh, Liam wrote in with a question: Where the fuck is my dad team for the never openweight six man tag tournament? We were hoping that there might be a Kojima, Tenza, Nagata team, but there isn't. Uh, what we do have, on the other hand, is a team of... Let me just get it up here. We have... Failed to do the most basic of preparations. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've got... Well, I think on paper is an interesting little tournament, uh, something a lot of us have been clamouring for. I know we write off the six-man titles as a bit of a joke, but I think they need them if they're running all these Korakuen shows. We said, why don't they do a little tournament for the belts? And they've done that, and I'm looking forward to it because it makes it adds just a little bit of spice to what otherwise would be throwaway six-man tag matches. So and quite a lot of stories here, actually. So the teams are, we've got Yano, Okada and Sho, Jado, Yujiro and Gedo, Sanada, Shingo and Bushi, Desperado, Suzuki and Doki, Ibushi, Tanahashi, Wato, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi and Kanemaru, Honma, Makabe and Toguchi, and Ishii, Goto and Yoshihashi. And there's a surprising, surprisingly high number of stories going into this tournament. So, like I said, we had Yano making a run-in at the end of the 
the chaos against Bullet Club tag team match on Friday at Korokuen Hall. And yeah, but a strange team, Yano Okada and show, and going up against the Bullet Club team of Jado, Yujiro and Gedo. So that match is going to be on Thursday. So it's, yeah. yeah, so it's going to be the fifth match. And it does look on paper to be one of the worst <laughs> three-man, well, six-man, whatever you call it, tag teams I've ever seen. This uh, Jado, Gedo and Yujiro team. Right. Uh, like, we have a couple like, of questions like, about that one, actually. Okay, well, I got a question, too. I, let, me, let me start with my question. How can a team... Again, let's just play pro wrestling fan here and, 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 and put on our, our dummy caps. Uh, in what world would a team who has lost it, what felt like every single Corkin show up until this point to Okada and Sho, on, on, on what planet does Yujiro... Ghetto, get into any tournament, let alone bring in Jado along, right? What? How did they earn the, this slot into this six-man tag when they have lost every tag match they've been in in the past month? Please answer that. Yeah, and having that team in at the expense of the dads is just outrageous cancel the whole thing Dave I can't believe they've done this <laughs> but yeah RBX2000 says using the New Japan roster could you put together a worse trio than Jado, Gedo and Yujiro but Kieran says discuss only the positives about the Jado, Gedo and Yujiro team so to, to take the first question I don't think it's possible to make a worse team than that to be honest there's really scraping the bottom of the barrel there particularly Jado just looking completely immobile at this point Gedo you know only wrestling when he absolutely has to and Yujiro, I mean, we know Yujiro can go, but he obviously can't be bothered at this point. Uh, but positives about that team? Positive, they have nice flat shoulders and backs that, <laughs> that they all can easily lie down and take a pinfall. Um, and they'll probably get eliminated. Or oh, will they? What's your prediction here? Let's do oh, our come on. pickums. All right, so on the 6th, which is tomorrow, all this is going down within, within what, three days? The finals are on the ninth. Um, I don't I, look. Is there any way they would be absolutely lose their marbles and have Jado, Yujiro, Ghetto beat Yano, Okada, and Show? Is there any no. way? No, okay. no chance. And I also think a uh, part of that is down to who they will be facing in the next brackets, right. uh, which, I mean, just to tip my hand here, we have Bushi, Sanada and Shingo against Doki, Desperado and Suzuki. And Suzuki said in his post-match interview after beating Nagata that he had his eyes on a new target and they've no idea yet. They won't see it coming. So a lot of speculation that could be Suzuki going after never openweight champion Shingo Takagi. Mm-hmm. So leading to a possible title challenge at the Jingu Stadium show. So, I think in the main event of this show tomorrow, we will have Suzuki pinning Shingo, which means we have the Suzuki-gun team going through, and I don't think we would have Suzuki-gun against Bullet Club, seeing as they're both positioned as heels. So my prediction would be the Suzuki-gun team wins and goes on to face the Chaos team in the next round. What yep. are your thoughts on that LIJ against Suzuki-gun? I like, I, like, I, like, uh, I like the way that you're... Uh... Thinking things out because I feel the same way. I, again, I just 
I know I know it's 2020 and all, but there's no way Giotto and Gato and Yujiro are beating Yano Okada. Show. Uh, and I do see Suzuki and Shingo locking horns in an outdoor arena. Uh, Suzuki pins Shingo to set it up. Yeah, I mean, that makes the most sense, right? If, we're, if that's the direction we're going. So yeah, I think we're on the same page with, with both our winners for the sixth. Uh, yeah, the sixth. So that's, that's the first show, yeah. Okay, there, there you go. Then on the seventh, we have Tanahashi, Ibushi, and Wato against Taichi, Zack, and Kanemaru. This one is really interesting because obviously we've got this ongoing feud between the Golden Aces and Dangerous Techers. And then we've also got the added feud of Master Wato against Kanemaru. So, again, this is not just like a throwaway tournament here. There's a lot of storylines uh, weaved into the fabric of this tournament. And, yeah, this is a tricky one to predict because if they're continuing with the story of Tanahashi letting down Ibushi, maybe it comes to a head here. Maybe Tanahashi is the person who gets pinned or somehow costs this team the win, leading to uh, more discord between Ibushi and Tanahashi. Or maybe we have the story of Ibushi basically having to win the match by himself. But um, I think that's unlikely. And also, actually, another storyline here, the possibility of Master Watto winning New Japan title before Yoshihashi does. So, a lot at stake here. But, yeah, I'm leaning towards Tanahashi and his pride costing his teammates the win here. And the Suzuki-gun team of Taichi, Zack, and Kanemaru going through to the next round. I could definitely see that. I, I think what I'm most surprised with, Joel, looking at these brackets, is th- you're right. This isn't just something that was thrown against the wall and let's hope it fucking sticks. Like, again, we talked about New Japan Pro Wrestling hitting the pause button and then coming back with what seemed like a a New Japan Cup that was filled with surprises and they had to, you know, half the roster's not in, in Japan and we got to make do. Yet we get to... August 6th and August 7th and we've got something that quite possibly could seem completely insignificant the never six man titles they have to be dropped because of the situations of of you know people turning and and all that stuff yet the fine detail in this tournament is pretty remarkable i mean just the fact that it the, the puzzle piece fits to have Abushi, Tanahashi, and Wato against Zach Taichi and Kanemaru. Right? It's not, it, it mean, is that just fucking coincidence that you have when they hit the restart button? Abushi and Tanahashi, Zach and Taichi feuding over the tag titles fit perfectly in Wato, who makes his fucking debut. And Kanemaru, of all people, who happens to be in Suzuki-Goon, so that could fit perfectly. Then on the other side of the bracket, you do have the whole Okada-Ghetto thing still going on, and Yujiro and Ghetto being in 500 tag matches with Okada, trying to fuck him over with brass knuckles every night. And then below that, you got this, this little, this you know... 
Suzuki Goon and, and Lij thing, where it does look like Suzuki and, and Shingo are, are are on a path for an outdoor show. Isn't that amazing? Like again, for something that could be completely considered throwaway, the idea that New Japan doesn't give a shit about some of this stuff—I don't know. You could, I think people could throw that out the window with, when when they when they have stuff like this occur. That again, little seeds throughout these these quirk and shows to help further storylines, but they come back from a pause, and the details are still there for something as as again in air quotes minor as the never open weight six man tag team championships. Yeah, and these uh, usually kind of filler matches on on the bigger shows at least, but given the way that they're positioned with this run of Korokon shows that they are like the co-main and the main event, I think they're going to be given enough time and I'm optimistic that I think these matches are going to be pretty good. I think they'll be exciting. I tell you what, this does this does too. It really does put a, uh, a spotlight on the importance of those factions. Like if, if they didn't have factions, I don't, I don't know how you would be able to do something like this and make it cohesive and have it make sense. It would, it would be just throwing the spaghetti plate against the wall. Um, so it does, would people bitch and moan about factions, i.e. me? <laughs> um, I should shut my fucking mouth because Here's another reason why they're pretty important in in again something I'm just fascinated by the fact that these titles, yes, they've been neglected. Yes, they're not the most important thing in the world, but the detail to find ways to make this interesting with storylines coming back from this pause is pretty amazing to me. It's 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 the the, the details. The art, the what is it? The beauty's in the detail. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, something's in the details, Joel, and uh, I think this speaks to is it, it. The devil, the devil is in the details. Is it devil in the details? It might be right. Well, guess what? Satan is in this tournament. All right, can't believe it. We've got a show where Damon is not only praising the never openweight six man titles and the booking of them, but also factions. So there we go. Who, who was your pick for that match, Damon? Uh, the Tanahashi Ibushi Wato. Okay, you're going with Suzuki Gun team there. Yeah, I'm going to go with Suzuki Goon. Um, although there would be double dipped Suzuki Goon. Do you think Guato can get a win? I think it wouldn't shock me. I, I think he is going to get a win over Kanemaru at some point, but I don't know when it's going to come. I think maybe you want to save that until you're doing something with junior tag titles. Again, I've just got this idea stuck in my head of a match or maybe an extended feud between Kanemaru Desperado and Watto. And I, I would like Taguchi to be his partner for those junior tag team titles. So I, again, I'm looking at payoff between this Watto Kanemaru thing could be in this match, but I don't think so. I think there's I just more see, legs in it. Yeah. I just see Zach and Taichi and Kanemaru being better opponents, I guess for, you know, optics than Abushi. Tanahashi Wato, right? Like Zach Taichi Kanemaru versus Homa Makabe Taguchi. Like I could see that. I could see Zach Taichi Kanemaru versus Ishi Goto Yoshiashi. Like I could and, see that. Yeah, how about this? So, okay, we're just sort of looking ahead to the next match. You've got Homa Makabe Taguchi against Goto Ishi Yoshihashi. I'm assuming the Chaos team wins here. And wouldn't it be great to have in the next rounds 
Goto Ishii Yoshihashi team beating the Suzuki Gun team, thus entitling, is that a word? Mm-hmm. Goto and Ishii to challenge Dangerous Techers for the heavyweight tag team titles at Jingu Stadium. How good would that be? It's not going to happen, but it would be really good if it did. I don't see why it wouldn't. Why not? I don't I know we're, 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 we're balls deep in fucking... Um, balls deep? Did I... Did I what did I want to say? I want to say I, I, sorry. I feel like juice for a minute there. Uh, um, um, Delete the I Twitter. To, I, yeah, I, I know. I, I actually wanted to say knee deep. I really did want to say knee deep. But balls came out. Weird. Um... If we did titles for our podcast, that would be it. Balls deep in the never <laughs> openweight six-man tournament. I mean, but here's the thing. Have we ever talked as much about these fucking silly titles as we have here today? No, never. I, not never. In my, my memory of the show. Probably in the whole uh, Purecast as well. Right. I mean, we should call this the never talked about it. Open weight six man tag team, t- you know. Never have we talked more about. But that would that would be actually perfect to have. Uh, but then that means in the fi- okay. Well, I guess you could just still do do a finals of Ishigoto and and Yoshihashi against. Uh, I guess the way we have it mapped out would be Desperado Suzuki Doki. Yes, yeah, so, well, it depends who we're picking in the semi-final. So in the semi-finals, on one side of the bracket, we would have Okada Yano and Sho against Desperado Suzuki Doki. Uh, that one, a bit trickier to call. I mean, I'm assuming that Okada is going to have his hands full with this KOPW gimmick that he's got going. So I, I cannot see Okada being <laughs> a never six-man overweight tag champion, to be honest. So... I would assume that the Desperado Suzuki Doki team beats them, yeah, and then goes on to the final. Are you in agreement? I am in agreement for for a lot of the same reasons. Sho obviously can wear this title. Yano obviously can wear this title. I mean, they did put this title for for a, for a cup of coffee on Tanahashi, if we remember back. I think it was like. But, I mean, Okada's got his whole thing. You know, I, I've never challenged for any other belt apart from the IWGP Heavyweight Title. I don't actually think that's accurate. I think he has challenged. I mean, technically, when he faced Naito at Wrestle Kingdom 14 on Night Two, that was him challenging for the Intercontinental Title. And I believe he and Goto challenged for the tag titles when evil and sonata had them but anyway I, again i cannot imagine okada coming out you know doing his big entrance with the you know the robe with a never six man <laughs> title belt around his waist uh, right. and the iwgp heavyweight title is the only one that he's held before and i can't see the yeah the six man titles being the only the, the other one wouldn't it be great if, if they do make it all the way through yano going nuts he wins the title show Proud as fuck with you know with a with a never title and Okada just staring at the fucking belt like what in the fuck? I gotta now I gotta tag with these jabrones Jesus God Almighty uh, yeah uh, I I can't see Okada doing that so uh, yeah my my pick on the left side of the bracket would be Desperado Suzuki and Doki so then on the other side of the bracket so hold on this show would be Saturday right Saturday August the 8th we've got the our semi-finals oh yeah I'm sorry yeah the um, semi-finals would be the 8th yeah. yeah so then 
as we've booked it, we're going Zach Taichi Kanemaru against Ishii Goto Yoshihashi and the Chaos yep. team winning there to set up yep. a Desperado Suzuki Doki against Ishii Goto Yoshihashi final. That makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, we. You know, I think I think we pieced this together nicely. I don't. I don't think this is crazy conspiracy, harebrained. You know, really. Go. You know. No, I think I think this makes sense. Yeah, and I, uh, I mean the fact that our picks could just fall apart completely tomorrow. <laughs> like by by the time you listen to this, the four teams that we've picked in the semi-finals are probably going to be out. But that's part of the fun, isn't it? I like the fact that I, you know, I wouldn't say with any real certainty that the way this is going to go. It's just a you know a, a fun way of playing it out. And again, that would set up a final where we have an inbuilt storyline: who's winning New Japan Gold first, Doki or Yoshihashi? Yeah. Yeah, or uh, uh, even even Watto, or, or you know, or or uh, Doki or Yoshashi. I know the finals we're talking here for for that. Oh, give me give me your pick. Uh, I like the uh, I like both actually. I like either way that this this could go. I'd quite like to see Doki as a New Japan champion. I think the gold will look good on him. Uh, I'm, I'll go with Ishii Goto Yoshihashi because them having those belts would be a nice moment for Yoshihashi to get his first title win. And again, I would ideally like Ishii and Goto to go on and challenge for the heavyweight tag titles. And of course, holding never six-man gold does not preclude you from challenging for other belts as we have seen many times. You know, Shingo was until recently a double champion. I think others have been as well. So, yeah, my pick would be Ishii, Goto, and Yoshihashi. Okay. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say Desperado Suzuki Doki, even though Suzuki will, will have his sights on a, on the never open weight heavyweight champion. Uh, I think a Ishii Goto win, them getting a pinfall over Zach or Taichi, will help solidify their challenge. Um, so I'll go the other way. I'll go Suzuki Goon, and uh, Doki will get his title before Yoshihashi. So you can look forward to both of those teams getting eliminated tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And Hall. So uh, there we go. A bit of fun with the never open weight six man tag team title. So well done, New Japan, for doing something with those. And we also have another tournament to talk about. Uh, well, first of all, I didn't realise when we recorded last week, Damon, that Lions Break Collision was finished. That was just a little self-contained series of you know, four episodes or whatever it was. And we're not going to be seeing any more of that. And it's now going to be New Japan Strong, which starts on August the 7th. So that will be this Friday with a New Japan Cup USA tournament, eight-man tournament, with a winner getting a future IWGP US title shot. And one thing to mention off the bat, a lot of people asking where Juice was, and then New Japan announced that he had a leg injury and was going to be missing this one. And there was a really interesting interview with Juice Robinson uh, with TalkSport. And there's just some really funny quotes in here. Okay, let, let me read this one to you. And you tell me, do you think this is a guy who gives a, a flying fuck about what's going on in wrestling at the moment? So he's, he's asked about... Um, 
you know how it's been during lockdown in the international talents not being able to take part in current new japan uh ju says it's been fine new japan is full of stars japanese or foreign doesn't matter we've got enough talent where half the roster could be trapped overseas and the shows are still the best to be honest i haven't really thought too hard about wrestling since the pandemic started just been hanging out with the people i love eating cheeseburgers and drinking ipas with my sweet babe and being ball <laughs> sorry um yeah he doesn't really uh he's let some people take you know they 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 take to this uh, vacation and we'll put it in quotes um, better than others and Juice seems to not be uh, too concerned right you think Juice is a, do you think Juice is a big mask wearer when he's out in the town partying it up if he does it'll be a very colorful flamboyant jazzy one with lots of tie dye little, yeah, yeah little frilly bits or. Pom poms, whatever. Right. I'm gonna make sure everybody's safe. I, I juice. I, I I know that you are a youngster and you can't be cooped up in the house. I get it. Just be safe. That's all we're asking. If you have your IPAs. Just make sure you're uh, responsibly doing your. Is he, uh, is he dating Tony Storm? That's what I think, right? Yeah, isn't that, isn't that the rumor? Yeah. Good for him. Well done, Juice. Yeah. Listen, Juice, I don't think Juice is, you know, Juice doesn't need our fucking congratulations for that's for sure. I think Juice, uh, Juice can handle himself very well out there in the dating, in the dating world. Um, how about Tony Storm, though? Tony Storm, you know, congratulations to Tony Storm. Juice is a, a, a great good, couple, my favorite yeah. pro wrestling couple. It really is it? Is it your favorite one right now? I don't know. Name me, don't, name me some others. I'm not. Name me another pro wrestling, wrestling couple that you like. Name me another uh, pro wrestling couple. Evil and Io Shirai. Is that an, is yes. that a thing? I don't know. Is it? I'm not really good on the couples things. I don't really pay much. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from Arena Club. Com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was 
scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold mind to who's dating whom i don't care who's dating whom i care about who's zooming who get it aretha franklin (sighs) maybe we should just stop right now (laughs) (laughs) all right let's uh stick with this new japan cup usa tournament then so okay let's do our fantasy booking then for our pickums so yes the stand-up match, a rematch of what, what was supposed to be in the New Japan Cup initially, we got Carl Fredericks against Kenta. And now I understand that Carl Fredericks is the big, hot, young superstar at the moment, and it seemed that Lions Break Collision was built to showcase his talents. Uh, a bit surprising, actually. Were you surprised that Jeff Cobb beat him in that final match? Um, yeah. Truth be told, I, I was I, I really felt like that was – unless they were building for something. Maybe a rematch. Um, it, yeah. I mean it did kind of feel like – Well, I mean why not give them the win? Like what the fu- – why are we here if we're not turning Carl Fredericks into a legitimate guy? Uh, I mean the, the last thing that you you will remember from those blocks of shows – is that Jeff Cobb got the win, <laughs> right? That's, I mean, that's, that's the yeah. last image that you have. Um, and I would think and if he's that not being Jeff Cobb, sorry, you go ahead. No, I would think that you would want, right. Like Jeff, I don't know. Is Jeff Cobb more important to New Japan Pro Wrestling success than Carl Fredericks? I don't know. I just felt like that was, that was a slam dunk Carl Fredericks win and it didn't happen. Yeah, I was going to say, if if he's not beating Jeff Cobb, then there's no way he's beating Kenta, surely. You know, I mean, originally, wasn't the, the talk that he was supposed to debut his new, 
you know, look, new feel, graduation from young lionness against Kenta in New Japan Cup. Um, even even with that being said, I mean, they could really do something dramatic and shocking, and and have him beat Kenta. I mean, that would rock. That would be the talk of the town, no doubt. I, I just don't think I just don't think New Japan has the guts to do that. I really don't. Kent has got to win this. Um, and, and I'll say this too: you take out Kenta in this tournament, and what the fuck else is he doing? Let's be truthful, right? He's it's not like you know you know he's going to lose one match and then go home. Um, who? What other name is in this tournament? Like, let, let me let, let me take that back. What other guy is at Kenta's level? Name wise, in this tournament, you know what I mean. So why would you take him out first? Kent is winning, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I tend to agree. And on the bottom left hand side of the bracket, we've got Jeff Cobb against Tangaloa. So again, there's a temptation to pick Carl Fredericks because then maybe you know you think he gets his win back over Jeff Cobb in the semifinals. But whilst I do see Jeff Cobb beating Tangaloa, who is primarily a tag team wrestler. Um, I have that setting up Jeff Cobb against Kenta semifinal. So, uh, you, you going likewise Cobb over Tangaloa? I'm really trying to think of a way that that Loa would like squeeze in past Jeff Cobb here, and I I just don't have it. Um, yeah, so yeah, we're in the same boat. Kenta Jeff Cobb in in the finals of that side. Then David Finley against Chase Owens. That's an interesting one. Quite looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah, that one uh, can go either way, right? It could, yeah. I mean, David Finley until, uh, well, when did I can't remember when he lost the titles. I guess it was back in February. He you know, was a World Tag League winner, a heavyweight tag team champion. So I think he is positioned above Chase Owens. But again, Chase Owens is a guy, he's a spoiler, isn't he? You would not rule him out getting the win. Um, I don't know. Wait, this one's quite hard to call. I, I, I'm picking David Finley here. I really feel like it's a coin flip. I mean, I don't think I'm, – I'm not super positive and, and like, you know, this is certainly not a slam dunk either way. I'm just looking I, ahead I, to see who I think would be a better – who would be the best opponent out of these four for Kenta in the final. That's and what I'm, I'm leaning to. towards, yeah, David Finley and Kenta being – I, I think being able to have a really good match and David Finley getting that – I say baby face heat in an empty building, but yeah. Can I ask you a question? Is uh, Kenta David Finley a sexy main event for you? Uh, no, I mean, none of these are that okay. sexy. I mean, I mean, we've got the first, all, the, all four first round matches are going to be on this Friday show. And then the week after that will be the semifinals, and I think the week after that will be the finals. So, mm. I mean, this is just—I don't want to say a nothing show, but you know, it's a—it's a new show. It's just something to keep them all busy. So, you know, sexiness. I wouldn't. I'm not going to say like, oh, you know, Kenta versus David Finley is unworthy of a NJPW strong main event because you know we we don't know what it is yet. Right. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not like we're headlining a you know, Dominion or a G1 final or something with this kind of match. Sure. I, 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 
pro wrestling's got a well, not even pro wrestling. I think all of sport and if you want to put pro wrestling in sport category. Like the best thing you could do is a tournament because every match means something and you can kind of follow along and you can kind of geek out a little bit. Um, the idea of tournaments is, is, is a solid idea. Um, I'll tell you what, something at- just popped in my head. If, if you really push the story of David Finley getting that possibility, the possibility of David Finley getting that US title shot and going up against John Moxley and trying to do what his partner, Juice Robinson, couldn't. You know, you play out that Moxley and Juice history, the fact that, uh, you know, Moxley's got a win over Juice and then play that in with the Finley thing. I think you could build up an interesting story going into the final. Yeah. You think Tamatanga's out of the mix here? Okay, now that's a really interesting one because we've got Brody King and Tamatonga. Right. And again, Tama is primarily a tag guy. So I would think Brody King has more upside as a singles wrestler that you would want to push him, you know, not necessarily all the way, but have him get a, a big win over Tama Tonga here. I don't think that would hurt Tama too much, to be honest. But then again, Tama's been with the company so long, he's the more tenured guy that one yeah that's that one's a bit of a coin flip too and a semi-final of Tamatonga and David Finley has the history going into it with all the feud that Gorilla's Destiny have had with Finjuice in the past so that one is actually very tricky for me to pick Tamatonga to me is is the Kenta aside is like the biggest wild card for me because I absolutely think he could get past Brody King, and then you get it to and and then it's David Finley or Chase Owens. All right, so let's just say it's David Finley. Tamatanga. I know we talk about him being primarily a tag wrestler. I mean, could that be the beginning of us not putting that label on him? I don't think I, that, that's a label he's put on himself. He announced last year, prior to not being included in the G1, that he was. Well, he said he's. I, I'm not entering the G1 because I want to concentrate on the tag division, and so I don't want to say that being primarily a tag guy is like a demotion or anything for him because he obviously takes pride in it, and I like the fact that he says stuff like I want to concentrate on being a tag champion rather than a singles guy. Uh, I think it's just sort of filling a, a hole here because of the fact that they've got a depleted roster over there. But right. I could see Tamatonga, David Finley being a good semi-final. I'm going with that as as my semi-final. Um, we're in agreement that Kent has won in this thing. Yeah, I, I'll stick with a Kent beating David Finley in the final. And I don't, again, I don't know with this future championship opportunity if Kenta's going to get a trophy or maybe a briefcase or something like that. Uh, but yeah, Kenta would be my pick. Where is Jay White in all this? That is a good question. Um, he's doing more countdown nonsense. He's been, I can't remember off the top of my head what the date was. I think he's on the move. I, something's up with Jay. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's 
gone back or is going back to New Zealand with a view to go from New Zealand to Japan, if that makes it easier for him. I don't know. Every time I've asked about the potential of either him returning or guys like Juice and Osprey returning to Japan, I get conflicting information. So I'm just ignoring it and I don't want to speculate <laughs> on it until they actually appear. But he's not in this tournament. And if he's not right. on these strong shows at all, then it does beg the question, where is he? Right. I mean, if if he is in the United States, this is like, where is Jay White? <laughs> um, it's, uh, he would be on these shows, right? Like, if Jay White isn't in the United States, he would be on these shows. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. He's not hurt. He's not. How did Juice get hurt? He hurt his leg. Uh, probably. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. That you know what I was going to say. He fucks violently. <laughs> he fucks like a like a machine. Uh, wow. Could you imagine hurting your leg fucking? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Do you remember there was a G1 match where uh, Zach tapped him out using? some elaborate submission but yeah you had him folded up like an accordion i'm imagining some sort of sex position like that wow kinky uh eh. and what are you doing they hurt, they hurt you i mean squats could he i don't know what the fuck am I? who cares um i don't know i just thought it was weird that we didn't see jay white here Again, he, him and his videos and his countdowns, and he's traveling, and he's in an airplane, he's all over the fucking place. I don't know. Seems weird to me. All right, so again, Kenta is your new Japan. Is, now, the, is it a guarantee that the winner of this tournament takes on uh, or wins? or what, what's the, what, are, what are the stakes here for this new Japan Cup USA? Is it a definite U.S. title shot? Yes, and we have questions about that. Jason says, if this tournament is for a US title shot and not stripping Mox and making it for the belt, does that mean Mox could defend it soon on US soil? Who knows when he can make it to Japan? And Ben says, any chance AW lets Moxley defend the title or are they just going to strip him again? He's going to get stripped. I, I would say that there is a... <laughs> I'm not going to say a 0% chance. Again, 2020 is pretty fucking weird. I can you imagine Tony Khan being like, "All right, go go fucking defend." Well, the title. He, you know, he's uh, Fulham won the playoffs. That's his team that he's put his money. In. Maybe he's in a good mood. Maybe uh-huh. Harold phoned him up after the playoff final. And be like, "Hey, yeah, good result, Tony. You must be celebrating. You had a bit of champagne. Hey, like, can we can we have more? Let me get you a drink. Let me get you a bottle. Just an empty arena show. Just one episode of New Japan Strong. Come on, come on, Tony. <laughs> what do you say? Come on, no harm, no foul. Um... Let's go balls deep. <laughs> I can't get over that. I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't. I don't see it happening, man. Do you? Nope. Absolutely not. I don't see it happening. Um, so I guess we're going. We're going to hold up the title. Well, well, then. Okay, so we're going to hold up the title again. Like, so we're going to have this tournament. For to get a shot at a title that is now vacant. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous when you say it like that. I mean, I well, think the money match down the line is Kenta against Juice Robinson for that title. But how we get there is another question entirely. Because, yeah, if you are going to... 
why if they were going to strip marks of that title why would they not just make this tournament for the title for the title right right you're going to have a, t- a tournament for an opportunity to to wrestle it for a match for the vacant title because that's what they're going to do Let's- <laughs> and then put the same guys in another tournament <laughs> right <laughs> right like that's what they're going to do unless they completely hold off on this and they make it where no I'm not going to I'm not going to you know, I don't know where, again, they find a loophole and not make Moxley defend this fucking title and they just hold off and hold off and hold off and hold off until they they can finally do it, which would be totally against everything that they said. I mean, you know, before the pandemic, it was, okay, you can't make it into the country. Your fuck title is, is vacant. Didn't they say something along the lines of, well, troubling times, Joel, uh, and we're going to extend that, right? Didn't they mention something like that? They did. That was the excuse for not stripping Roppongi 3K of the junior tag titles as well. Oh, okay. Really? Well, that's not COVID-related. and That's a guy who's injured. Yeah, but I've confused myself now. You know what I mean? Like, like, like... That that's to me that's that's a totally different scenario. This is I can't get into the fucking country because you know there's a global pandemic as opposed to ah I fucked up my knee in the ring. Seems like two different things. Um I don't know, it just seems weird that we're going to have this New Japan Cup USA and not have it be for the title. You know what? I got to be honest, they might just be like fuck it. This is for the title. You know, how how hard would it be to have Harold do a fucking video and be like, due to the fact that, I don't know why Harold talks like this, but this is my Harold voice. Due to the fact that, he sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Due to the fact that uh, John Moxley cannot defend this title, he has been stripped, and it's now for the title. I'm Harold May. Thank you. Right? Why can't he do that? Well, why why do that now and not do it at the start? What what would have changed? Um, again, maybe Harold is waiting for the roses and the bouquet, or, you know, the bouquet of, of roses and the champagne to arrive at Tony Khan's office. <laughs> he's looking. Oscar. He's looking at the tracking number, being like, "Why is this fucking thing delivered yet? Taking three days. I paid priority." The, the text message on red. He's got the blue tick, and he's like, this motherfucker hasn't replied. I know he's seen the message. Yeah. <laughs> right. So he's holding on, he's holding on hope. So, um, yeah. Maybe. Maybe this is I all think we've fun- probably fun- put more thought into oh, the yeah. US title than the company ever have at any point in their history. Uh, okay, Omstar12 says, do you think New Japan US shows are making the best of having talent stuck in America or do you think it will hold strong uh, as a brand once travel opens up and they just slot wrestlers back and forth between the two brands? And Anders says, is the New Japan Cup US a step closer to a US-based New Japan promotion or to give the wrestlers in the US something to do? So, yeah, what do you see the long-term prospects of NJPW Strong being... I mean, they they can still do something. I don't think it's going to be what originally everyone thought it was going to be in the sense of, you know, the talk of the California territory, right? Um, There's still a dojo there, and they can still obviously 
they have the equipment and the wherewithal to produce something coming out of the out of the United States. So I, I think it'll be kind of a a, a a a kind of a meeting ground between those two thoughts. Um, I don't think it'll be a separate thing where there'll be a ton of talent trades back and forth. It's not going to be a a raw SmackDown kind of thing. Um, but I I think. LA will produce shows very similar to what we're seeing here um, with the talent that is there. Uh, and why not? Um, well, I, I think they're going to be more along the lines of these lines. What were they called? The Lionsgate shows that they used to do with fucking Shinjuku or Lions Pride or whatever the fuck it was called. Um, that's why I kind of kind of see it. I don't see it being a, uh, a division. Uh, again, a California territory. But I, I think you'll have pro wrestling content coming from there. Sure, absolutely. Andrew says, do you think Evil versus Naito, Hiromu versus Taiji, Shingo versus Suzuki, Taichi and Zack versus Tanahashi Ibushi, the KOPW 2020 match, and Sanada versus Sonic the Hedgehog looks like a stadium-worthy card in a non-COVID era, assuming the foreigners are still banned? I think so. I mean... This, I mean, that lineup could easily be any one of the, um, I don't want to say B shows or you know, non Wrestle Kingdom G One Final. You know, could oh, let's put it this way: could that be a Dominion, Joel? Could that be? I, a, I think uh, a lot of people would argue that that as a lineup is stronger, a lot stronger than what was put on the table at Dominion. Yeah, I mean, I think this is absolutely worthy of a a big show i mean it's it's a that's a, that's a pretty sexy lineup don't you think yeah i dig it i'm really looking forward to this show yeah i mean and, and considering that half the fuck again i say it a thousand times i have the fucking roster can't get into the country that's not that's not bad with the cards that you're dealt um how how many people are going to be able to get in the stadium What's what's the number that was thrown around to us? I think 5, at the 000? moment it's still five thousand. Okay. Is that going to look? Is are the optics of that going to look a little little? That's a big stadium. It's a baseball stadium, right? Five thousand yeah. people in a big building like that. That's that I don't know. That's going to be weird. And again, this is not like it's the Bundesliga. <laughs> I just like saying that word. I'm sorry. Uh, where you know you, you're going to tarp off large sections, and the you, this is a you, know, you got a huge football pitch. This is one area. This is a, a ring we're focused on in a in a baseball stadium. Joel, five thousand people. That's that's going to. Here's the thing: it's going to be cool, and it's going to be weird, and it's going it it's. It's going to be an experiment, that's for sure. It's going to look empty, isn't it, Joel? I don't know. I've, I've, I haven't seen any matches or anything from this stadium, so I've got nothing to compare it to. But I, get, I, I don't really care about the optics of that at this point. It's just, you know, we're stuck in the shit at the moment. I'm just watching the matches. Yeah. All right. I... I, I I look, I like the fact that 5,000 people can get in a fucking building and watch pro wrestling. That's pretty great. Yeah, those, I, those I, you know, we're, the, there's absolutely no value in 
micro analyzing, you know, ticket sales or anything like that at this point, is there? Uh, listen, I'm just trying to tell you that Naito's not a draw. All right. And <laughs> well, what do you think about the drawing potential of Sonic the Hedgehog? Well, I mean, look, geez. Why do they call him Sonic the Hedgehog? Because hair? I don't know if Andrew's talking specifically about the Sonic the Hedgehog or if that's a, a new affectionate nickname for Master Watto, but. Oh. <laughs> I mean, do you think he looks like Sonic the Hedgehog? The, the blue blow? spiky hair. Or maybe he in this tournament he can debut his new finisher. I mean, he did say he was only operating at 60% of his power. So maybe at 80% <laughs> or closer to 100, he's going to be rolling into a ball at several thousand <laughs> revs per minute and charging at his opponents and just blasting them into pieces. <laughs> Getting those gold coins or rings or whatever it was, right? Uh, were you a big Sonic guy back in the day? Uh... I like both. I, I enjoyed Sonic and Mario. I, in ter- for those early consoles, I owned one of them. I had a Super Nintendo, which my parents bought for me. I may have told this story on the show before, but I, yeah, that console, I had Street Fighter 2 Turbo, and I played it so much, I got blisters on my thumbs from doing the quarter circle forward Hadouken motion, and basically played it so much that my parents gave away the Super Nintendo because they were concerned <laughs> I was becoming addicted to it. So that was my childhood console gaming wow for me just replace super nintendo with penthouse magazine <laughs> the same things for me everything happened um i mean funny enough no. actually now i am playing super nintendo games i'm working through super mario rpg at the moment so uh, i have not grown out of it <laughs> did you so ever get a console you, mom and dad <laughs> <laughs> right, that shows you i love the stories where it's like where parents would do that like it's like a bass guitar and the kid would play it till his fingers bled, um, and they, you know, you know, take it away the bass. You're not your studies are, are, and then the guy goes on and is like, you know, in a band and he's rich. Yeah, that's um, that's what I imagine. Have you seen the movie Whiplash? That was me, but with Street Fighter Two Turbo, just doing how I mean? do do fireballs until I'm like my blood's just dripping all over the control pad. <laughs> wow, um, and I I needed like a sort of a cheap teacher mentor figure who's just like driving me towards it. Come on, do the fucking dragon punches, you piece of shit. <laughs> God almighty. You really love those video games, man. I didn't, I was never, I, I, I didn't have a lot of the consoles growing up. I had an Atari. That's how old I am. And I had, uh, I think I had the original Nintendo. And I think I bought that myself, actually. Um, but then I had a girlfriend whose brother had a Sega Genesis, and we would play. What's that fucking game that came with the, the Genesis? Um, I just remember the fucking Rise from Your Grave, Altered Beast, have, Altered Beast. That's fucking it. Yes, we would play that a lot. <laughs> we would always call the fucking guys Terry Funk. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> like the guys that would come up, the beast that would come up, we would be like. I don't know why we called him Terry Funk. I don't know. Ah, there you go. What a life I lived. All right, what else we got in the world of New Japan Pro Grappling? All right, just digging into questions now. James says, what do you think of the term spreadsheet fan to describe people who are very concerned with match quality and star ratings? Insulting or apt? I heard it banded around a lot recently. Spreadsheet fan? Oh, like people who like track 
match r- r- ranking so they can go back for match of the year stuff? Is that what we're t- yes. talking about? I must we're admit making, that like when you're deep we're making into fun of those people now. When you when you get deep into a G one and the discourse is well, I've got this person with an average rating of four point one three stars, so they are the best, and the, well, that loses me a bit. I have to admit. I mean, to a certain degree, but I, I like the geekiness of it. Like, I like I like the fact that people are passionate enough about something that they they kind of want. Look, I'll give you a perfect example. There's people who casually watch baseball games, and then there's people who talk about fucking launch angles and fucking you know uh, pitch counts and care about the minutia. Like, like I I can appreciate that. There, there, there are people who watch movies that could tell you every the fucking key grip of every Scorsese film because they're that passionate. Um, don't fucking tell people how to watch, and that's that's you know what I mean. Like, I, I mean, I'm not a. I, I seriously, I'm I kind of fall somewhere in the middle where where it's appropriate. I'm I'll get I'll get my fucking spreadsheet out. Fuck you, uh, G one absolutely, but like. You know, I don't, I, the people who like keep like a running log of matches for like match of the year, like I probably lose interest in that by like the third week of January. I'm just like, all right, whatever. I don't give a shit. I'll figure it out. Um, I look, yeah, that's what I mean. It's not for me personally. It's not something that interests me, but I can see why other people do it. I'm not invalidating that, but it doesn't interest me. I mean, look, I mean, people fucking enjoy how they want to enjoy it. What does it matter? Like it just. Well, I tell you why, because it's this sort of schism that has appeared due to Evil's title win that has seemed to have driven a wedge between the New Japan and, and the wrestling fandom at large. It's one of the most divisive times I can remember being a fan. I mean, other stuff has popped up. I mean, I remember even in recent years, like Kenny Omega being very divisive, Osprey divisive. Kenny Omega is um, still divisive. Jay White, yeah. I mean, but th- this, this seems different. And this is based over match quality? Is that what the, 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 the crux of the argument is? Yeah. And People saying that it's taken a noticeable step down. And again, I don't agree with this, but a noticeable step down from what it was before. I mean... Look, you're—it's a valid argument for people who watch New Japan Pro Wrestling for match quality that a guy who hasn't really produced a ton of fantastic matches is your world champion. Where for the past, you know, again we've said it a thousand times in the past five years, we we know the argument. But I mean, I. Can I transition this into another question, which might help us reach something here? Big T says, for someone having a hard time getting into the product this year, do you think overall it's been a step down or a side effect of all the pandemic going on? It's a side effect of all the pandemic going on. So even without without COVID, do you think Evil would still be champion? I swear on my great... uh, uh, To the day I die... I don't think Evil would be world champion if it wasn't for this. Okay. I don't. But unless, unless I get even a, if you were, then I th- there would still be stuff on the undercards that would make those main events more palatable to the subsection of fans who don't like it. Because again, absolutely. you would have you, you'd have your 
you know, your Moxley plunder match and your Osprey flippy match, blah, blah, blah. And Shingo beating the shit out of people. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I, uh, look, I, I, I don't want to repeat myself because it feels like I, I've said these things many times on the show, but the reason why I watch New Japan Pro Wrestling is not for the goofiness. Like, I just, that doesn't do anything for me. Like, again, but there are people that watch New Japan Pro Wrestling for, you know, Yano or when they were there, best friends or, you know, there's different strokes for different folks. Like what the fuck you want to like. But uh, like the evil thing, they, there's a valid argument there. Um, if you don't watch New Japan Pro Wrestling for the match quality, okay. I, I, I kind of like, okay, well, why are you here? There's plenty of other pro wrestling where I feel like you can get better comedy or better whatever. I, I you know, but but you're here and it's cool. I don't know. I just don't get the fact of why people gotta fucking. It kind of bothers me when people argue with other. Like if you want, you can. Uh, now I'm telling people what to do. Um, you can argue and and have discussions and have debate over, um, anything. And I think that's that's a good healthy thing. Like when it comes down to I like what I like and you like what you like, I, I don't I don't understand that argument. I, like how are you going to change my mind? I like what I like. I like vanilla ice cream. Sorry, you like strawberry. Okay, this Great. is just like human nature, isn't it? Whatever you're talking about, whether it's religion or politics or fucking Japanese fake fighting, <laughs> you're going to get people uh, responding to each other like this. This sort of tribalism. So Expe- again, especially it, it, when there's anonymity involved. Especially when there's anonymity yes. involved. Uh, Kid Kilowatt says, with New Japan quality going down, in some people's opinion, due to the COVID situation, do they rely on Gaijin talent too much? Should they focus more on signing other talented Japanese wrestlers, possibly from other federations? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, I don't think this is like bare bones or anything. They've got a deep enough roster that if those people who are locked out of the country never came back, I think New Japan would be fine and they would be able to put on great shows with great main events and sell lots of tickets um and also just signing top talent from other japanese companies is not really part of the culture there it's not the done thing the people who have gone from other japanese promotions have sort of done it in an indirect sort of backdoor way you know thinking of guys like ishimori guys like shingo who left their companies when their contracts ran out and said oh i'm gonna be freelance or i'm gonna work in america now and then have ended up going to new japan so it's not like don't expect new japan to be saying oh we're gonna buy Kato Kiyomiya or we're gonna buy kento miyahari is it you know it doesn't work like that does it wasn't ishimori though a little bit weird him coming over, yeah. You know, there was a little bit of uh, oh, I'm, well, absolute I'm, shenanigans, yeah, yeah. A little. I mean, it's not as cut and dry, but um, and again, there's been history of 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 poaching talent. It's not like it doesn't happen all the time. It's not like it's fucking WWE where they're just signing people left and right. But but um. I, I, I think mean, like big names making direct jumps from rival promotions to New Japan. Doesn't I mean, you basically happen. described Ricky Chosho in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the modern era. <laughs> right. uh, trying to think of in modern era. But here's the thing. In modern era, has there been – like I, I feel like there has been a, a pretty big gap, a sizable gap in 
Um, well, maybe not. Maybe maybe it's not as sizable as as I, I as I think. Uh, I, my wife is leaving right now. She's giving me my vitamin pills, my vitamins. And I right, have a great day. Um, the here's I, I I always would say this, Joel, that the idea of poaching talent, especially in the past like five years, I think is detrimental to the overall health of Japanese pro wrestling. Um, and New Japan as well. I don't. Th- I don't think it would be a great thing for them to just go signing people left and right. I mean, it would kill promotions. I hate to say it, but again, once again, this virus has made. I mean, right now Noah and DDT have this kind of partnership, working relationship thing, company overhead, same company thing. Um, so it's going to be. It's going to be a weird thing. I don't know if there's going to be any cross promotions. You would think that there would be. Um, I think it would kill a promotion if, say, let's let me give you an example. If New Japan said, "Okay, Kenta Miyahara, we're signing you right now. Here's 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 the money. Come on over." That would kill. That would kill New or all Japan, wouldn't it? And I don't think that's the best thing for 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 for, for business for anyone, to be truthful. Although, will there be an all Japan pro wrestling in eight months? Right? Will there be a big Japan pro wrestling in five months, six months? Which sucks to say. But if we know that is the case, then I think you'll see more people getting signed. Let's put it that way. If you see companies falling by the wayside, because they can't run shows or it's difficult to run shows or people aren't coming out to run shows and the money's just not there and they have to fold, New Japan will sign some of those talented people. But back to the original question, do you think New Japan is over-reliant on foreign talent? No. Do you? I don't think so. No. I mean, that's, I mean, and at which, which is pretty clear in the shows that we're seeing here. Right, I mean, we're we're doing a baseball stadium. I don't see any over reliance. That's that's for sure. Tejas says, should they do a tournament after Jingu for the IWGP Junior Tag Belts? Shown Taguchi, Despian Kanemaru, or Doki Ishimori? Uh, no, I'm reading this. Okay, Shown Taguchi, Despian Kanemaru, or Doki, Ishimori and Gedo Jado or Togo, and Bushi and Hiromu. Or would they need more juniors to make a potential tournament better? I mean, Left out Master Watto there. Yeah, you got to have Watto in there. They've had four-man tournaments before for this, those titles, right? Uh, you could do just, just just do whoever they feel are the fucking top two. You don't have to go through a whole tournament. Who are the top two teams? Fight for the title. Go. I mean, they've done that with a never title. No big deal. Just... It's pro wrestling. You can make up the rules as you fucking go along. Um, give give it two two teams. Consider them the top contenders. It's for the titles. Away we go. I think they're going to do it at some point. I just maybe they thought having four tournaments at once would be overkill. Yeah. So wait right. and see. I'm, I'm sure they're going to they'll bring those belts back at some point. Uh, okay, <laughs> Sloth says question mostly for Damon. Um, how should we judge a good champion? When asking in retrospect, where does Naito rank? Are we only asking that question in the bubble of when he had the title? 
uh, whilst I would have loved for COVID not to happen and Naito to defend the belt several times, the money story was the chase. A modern day Dusty Rhodes, and when ranking Dusty, I'm not sure people would take points away because all three of his reigns lasted around 100 days combined. It's a good point. Um, but I think Dusty's a little bit more influential um, in 1986, 87, what have you, um, to pro wrestling than Naito is now. I, I, I do. Um, I mean, considering the fact that Dusty pretty much ran territories and had the book for Crockett and was in the mix in every big storyline, even though Naito is in the mix for every big storyline. Yeah, um, so that's an interesting question. What, is, what are the criteria for goods champion? Because a lot of people talk about Kenny Omega's IWGP title run as being disappointing or bad. And the the match where he won it against Okada, the best two out of three falls, and the match where he lost it to, Han- to Tanahashi at Rest Kingdom 13, I thought were brilliant matches. Great. But then yep. the defenses, the Cody defense in the States, the Ishii defense of destruction, the three-way defense of King of Pro Wrestling weren't so great. So, yeah, how, how, what, how do you judge a good champion? By spreadsheet, obviously. <laughs> um, I think there's, I think there's a, a huge amount of, of criteria that are used for champion, right? Um, I, I think the in-ring is important. Uh, I think... If, if we're considering your champion to be the top guy of your company, I, I can't imagine the business aspect being hand-waved when it comes to importance of a champion, right? That includes gates and houses and profitability and all of that stuff that people sometimes eye-roll and hand-wave, right? I think that like company growth has to have something to do with that when you talk about a champion. Um, and then I, I think an overall perception of, of importance in title reigns, like was, was, was that title reign or when they, they held that title, was it, was it an, an important segment of time for that company's history? Um, I think that has to be a consideration. I think Naito is an important piece of New Japan Pro Wrestling's popularity and a, and a big piece of their puzzle when it comes to the strength of New Japan in the past five years. But I, don't, I think that is over and above him holding the title. I think the Dusty Rhodes comparison is a decent comparison, honestly. Um... Because you're right, you only defended it like a handful of times and they were on house shows. I think maybe the structure of New Japan Pro Wrestling 2 makes it a little bit more difficult in that it's not like Naito's defending this title on house shows. It's usually, you know, a title defense. Two, well, it's been one title defense per reign. I don't know. I, I, I think the thing that, that sticks out glaringly to me is Two separate title defenses, or excuse me, two separate title reigns, each with one defense and done. And that, to me, feels like when you look back at it and, and 
and again, for separate times, you know, one we could argue it's COVID related, one that we can argue certainly wasn't. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, I mean, he had a successful title defense against Ishii, and he had a successful title defense against Kenta. That's a good question. That's a good question. Where, where how would that, I, is it just the reign? Is it just successful title defenses? Is that a part of the equation too? I don't know. I'd have to mull that one over. I'm, and I'm trying not to just fucking fill air with me mulling it over in my head, but. No, you're, uh, you're right. Least, like, yeah, but the chase as well is such a huge part of it. How much of Naito's chase to you know get in the mix or to even get to the point where he's challenging a card at Wrestle Kingdom 14? Do we uh, ascribe to being a good champion? Does that count that's as a well? Great question. So, yeah, so many moving parts. Ricky Steamboat, and when Ricky Steamboat won the title from Flair, the best part of it was the chase, um, and not even necessarily him winning. And him winning. Um, Although him winning did produce some pretty great matches as well, so. I mean, right. even now, that's a, that's a lot of people, like Nicola said, Naito is more interesting than he's ever been. But again, it, that's building up to him getting another title shot at the, the Jingu Stadium Summer Struggle Show. So does that count as him being part of a champion, this little period where, you know, let's say he wins it back, this period where he's lost it, and Hiromu's challenged for it, and Naito's yep. been building back up to the challenge. So, yeah, it's it's not an easy one to judge. Yeah, the chase has to be in consideration, I would think. That's a, that's a great point. Who was that person who brought that question to the table? Uh, that was... Uh, sorry, I've deleted it. I deleted it. The BK Burke... <laughs> no, it wasn't that. So, Sloth. That was Joel Abraham. It was Mally. <laughs> <laughs> it was Esther Mina Abraham. Yeah, right, right, Five right, months right. old. Great question. It's pretty, pretty insightful. Very good. But anyway, uh, that was a good question. That's something to absolutely think about. We could do a whole podcast on that probably. Great question. Here's another great question from Archaic Bro. It says, using the checklist, which I'm going to read to you in a moment, which New Japan wrestler fits the word himbo? So I'm going to read these criteria to you, and you tell me at the end which New Japan wrestlers you think are a himbo. So I don't know what a himbo is. Well, I'm going to explain it now. So to be oh. a himbo, you have to be beefy. So himbos must be big and muscular. Pecs the size of your head are required by law. If the word life can be applied to this man in any circumstances, he is not a himbo. Please try again. Oh, let me just give credit, actually. This tweet is from Hair of HRR. So uh, just give the credit there. Uh, is he nice? Whether he's a sweet mama's boy or an excitable golden retriever puppy, himbos must be gentle, non-threatening giants. Mean, grumpy men cannot be himbos. And the third criteria is, is he dumb as a box of rocks? A himbo with okay. more than two brain cells is no himbo at all, but his stupidity must be of the endearing variety, not frustrating or infuriating. If he openly wonders what the Spanish word for tortilla is, he's a himbo. If he thinks a chilly day means global warming is a hoax, he's just an idiot. So those are three criteria. Beefy, nice, and dumb as a box of rocks. So... Um, okay. Perhaps you're still uncertain. You think, yeah, he's beefy, nice and dumb, but is he beefy, nice and dumb enough? Here's some optional himbo traits to help you discern true himbos from the himbo adjacent. So here, here's a, uh, more criteria you could use. Lesbians like him, a jock, conventionally attractive, drinks his respect women juice, kind of slutty, blonde, potentially a little bit vain or self-absorbed. So, Damon, okay. which New Japan wrestlers are himbos? Oh. I've got, I'm thinking two at the moment. I've got two names. I'm thinking I want to hang myself. <laughs> uh, okay, give me give me the two names: Sanada and Ibushi. 
again, criteria, <laughs> muscular, yes. I'm, and I'm doing a bushy because I think a bushy. Um, dumb as a bag of rocks, yes, right? Um, a nice. What are, to be nice. I think Ibushi's very nice, right? I think he seems like a real nice dude. Right, so I would go Himbo for him. Himbo? What does Himbo stand for? Is, I think it's supposed to be like Bimbo, but with the, the male oh. uh, pronoun him. Oh. All right. Are we done? <laughs> <laughs> well, with the podcast or that question? <laughs> that question, please. And, 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 and uh, we got about five minutes, by the way, for, for, for questions. Okay, Austin says, scale of 1 to 10, how interested would you be in on Akada Naito dream team of sorts teaming up for a tour or beyond? Okada Naito dream team tour tagging up. Uh, I mean, wh- what would be the circumstances surrounding that? Um, no, I, I, look, no. I don't think that. I, I think that's kind. Of, well, I think that might be what makes it interesting. Would be that it's such a weird mix. I'm going to go with a no, though. Uh, Doctor Poodle Papa, how excited are you to never see another God versus Sonata Evil match? <sighs> I remember when they fucking were, were first going, when it first started, and we were all excited. And they really burnt that out real quick, didn't they? Um. Uh, yeah, I might be up for both. It it is nice. I love the fact that Evil has has a fresh new coat of paint. I there's there's nothing I enjoy more than seeing new pictures of Evil now. Evil looks fucking great. I'm sorry. And Have you seen the latest one with the white hair? Yeah. No. No white hair. No. Yeah. I'll, I'll at least send it, it to you. Hold on a second. All right. Let's see. Let's get a live reaction. Being that they're they're all the rage. Am I a himbo? I'm not a himbo. <laughs> I'm not beefy. I'm beefy, but not not muscular way. That's for sure. Okay. I'm me... beefy in the I can't get out of bed way. All right. I'm sending you the link to the tweet oh, on your WhatsApp. Oh, all right. I see that. Let's see. Whoa. Come on. And he's got little highlights of purple. In. Look, he looks fucking badass. I'm sorry. He does. It's amazing. He just got rid of the fucking dumb eyeliner. No more sickle. No more. No more crazy ass robe. Joe, he looks like a fucking badass. He looks like a badass. He looks great. He does look great. All right. I'm in. I'm in on the evil. All right. Uh, Give me one more question. Why don't we? Hmm. Pick a good one. Just pick a good one. Okay, here we go. Bash says, is there a Super J-Cast Hall of Fame this year? Because I remember it was around oh, this time question. last year. Um, I'm going to leave it up to you. In the sense of, you decide if there is or there isn't. I like. I just think it's a funny, goofy thing. you know. And we did it last year just as a, as a, as a thing. And it, I don't know. People seem to enjoy it. In the sense of, I don't know. I don't think it's a... I, you tell me. Because it felt like you were, weren't 100% into it. I need some time to think about it. There's got to be enough credible candidates for it to be worthwhile. Okay. All right. That's. I mean, and that's that. I mean, then we. I mean, that's fine. Sorry, sorry, if everybody. Who's listeners, in it. if you feel strongly about it, tweet me with uh, nominees for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. 
Yeah, Joel's got to feel it. If Joel don't feel it, it ain't happening. So um, that's that's where we stand on the on the Super J Cast Hall of Fame. All right. Well, that will bring things to a close for another week, and that just remains for me to scroll through my notes to find the closing bit. Okay, uh, redcircle.com/slash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but listen, wait. Before you do that, do, do we? Uh, and, and you might have to look in, on on the, the tweet. So I got a package in the mail the other day. Oh yes, uh, these were unbelievable, and I, this was completely unexpected. To be honest with you, because I did, I, I I had no idea. Get a package in the mail. Uh, they are comic books, and they're illustrated with, uh, with such detail. It's unbelievable. One of them is dedicated to Liger, and it's Liger Wrestling Muda, um, and, and it's a comic book. And then there's another one where it's just illustrations of, of pro wrestlers. Um, and some of them are really outstanding. Like, there's an Ishii one and a Zack one, and even like a Bret Hart one. Fucking unbelievably talented, and un- they were great, and it was such a great surprise. Um, so I'm going to give a special shout-out. Joel has the information of where you can contact them. Um, it deserves all the love in the world because, um, one, it was a surprise to get this, and two, it's outstanding. Like, I was blown away by what this person is able to create and draw and illustrate. So, Joel, why don't you uh, let the listeners know where they can follow on Instagram, Twitter, and, again, pick up some of these magazines, some of these comic books. Um, he's a he's a legitimate illustrator. Like he works on <laughs> yeah. legitimate comics. Look, David, this person has like forty thousand followers on Twitter. So I'm not sure. <laughs> like us giving him a shout is going to boost that necessarily, but I'm going to do it anyway. Hey. So this is Daniel Warren Johnson, and you can find him on Twitter at Daniel Warren Art. So that's at yeah. Daniel Warren Art. Incredible stuff. I mean, I just looking at the pictures here, it's unbelievably good. So definitely give that uh, Daniel a follow on twitter follow by you know he does commission work according to some of the stuff i saw on his twitter um again i'm not really in on the comic scene but like like if you look at his bio he works on like like wonder woman comics and shit so um i mean i know that so again a huge thank you it was awesome to receive that i appreciate i don't know how the fuck they got my address but (laughs) awesome (laughs) um but yes it was uh, that was very very cool so uh thanks a million and give them give them a follow all right, so uh, also redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to give us some money. Uh, Discord link is in the show notes if you want to join that and join in with all the fun discussions about crisps and uh, food and live watch alongs for the events. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Super Jcast if you want to buy one of our t shirts. And thank you as always to Editor Dan, who you can find on Twitter at LousyHero219. And you can subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network for other really great shows. Please give us a five snake review and uh, some nice words on iTunes because that helps us move up the rankings and stuff. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>